Good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's the beautiful sky. Yeah. Right. So anyways, how, how are you, uh, Bruce, right? Yeah, I'm doing well. How about yourself? Pretty good, bro. I mean, pretty good. You're in yeah. Chicago, right? Is it wicked cold already? Is it wicked cold? We're in Chicago. It's hilarious because uh, out of nowhere today, it, it felt like winter, like one of those real winter days. Yeah. And we haven't felt it yet. I mean, it, it's so crazy. They, uh, we had like a string of the perfect weather of uh, 70 to 75 for like two weeks after the summer. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and I and uh, it, it's just it's kind of depressing, you know, and plus they changed the time. So everything's darker now. I'm not a fan of that at all. I wish they would just stay with the uh, I don't know which one it is. Daylight savings time or the other one. But whichever one leaves us more light in the evening. Yeah, it makes no sense. But so I don't know if you heard this. They said that people are. um uh uh, next year, uh, they're not doing it anymore. Uh, they're going to finally stop. I've been hearing that for years. You think that'll happen? I think it should happen, but for some reason, like I had three people that barely ever give me any kind of news that I ever pay attention to, and separate people like uh, the last three days, and they go, hey, man, this is the last year for uh, changing the time, so it must have been on the so. news. <laughs> must have been on the news or something. Anyway, let's talk about Aftermath. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, let, me, let me tell you, I've been doing interviews all day. We do them once a month. So this is number 10 for me. And I've gone through a lot of genres of metal and a lot of stuff. And in a row. Wow. So you, you're probably sick of talking. Huh? No, no, it's all good. We uh, yeah, I do that because of all our usually I have a partner with me, but she had something come up. But we do it because of scheduling. It's just easier. And then I have them in the can and I can put them out. So it's, well, it's, it's much easier to keep everything set up. Yeah, I really like your podcast. I think it's pretty cool. And you got a lot of unique. And I went on, a, you know, like on a binge a couple of days ago or whatever. I started looking at the interviews and I go, man, he's got some cool guys. Like from Igor from Sepultura or, yeah. uh, uh, man, there was a couple guy or uh, Chewy from Voivod. Yeah. I think he had, man, and I go, man, there's a lot. But I didn't, re I mean, I knew you were around for a while, but I mean, I didn't realize there was that much material because it overbought me because then I got to the point where I was listening to you know, the guy from Queensryche, the new singer. Yeah, Todd, right. But then you had a Tom Worman, uh, the engineer, producer. And then, you know, when you get over a birdie, you go, oh, my God, there's so much here. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I don't know what to listen to first. So we've been doing it for about three years. We, this started right around the pandemic because I used to do a cooking show where I'd have bands come to my house and we'd cook and talk about whatever. And then that's the name, right? Yeah, that's yeah like hence the name. name. But then, you know, the pandemic hit. Nobody's touring. Nobody wants to be close to anybody anymore. So that kind of went away. But I kept the name and we pivoted to this, which is Pretty fun. Cool, I to talk to people. And we talked to cool. everybody from big bands to the guys just starting out. We just talked to metalheads and like to chat. So, yeah. You know what? Uh, actually, I wish podcasts were around when I was growing up, like in the 80s, you know, when we were teenagers. Yeah. And we wanted to form bands because. Bands are so honest because you know they'll sit there and blab for two hours on a podcast. Oh and yeah, I go too bad we didn't know that when we were young because <laughs> like let's say when we got our record from Aftermath from this label Big Chief back then, um, it was like a eight thousand dollar record deal for the first record and everything. Right. And we go man, that's so little man. And we thought like Megadeth got on their first album probably fifty thousand. Whatever. I just find out they got like four five thousand for the right. for the first record. And uh, and it's like that for every band, and every band has the same idea. We thought, you know, the California bands like Slayer, like we're almost they're a little bit like two years older than us or whatever. Or right. you know what I'm saying? You thought yeah. more bigger, but we were all in the same boat, but we just didn't know because nobody was talking about anything, you know? Right. 
No, I 100% agree. But anyway, to get to my point, last interview of the day, but I think I saved the best for last because I'm a thrash head from the, from the early days as well. And, oh, really? Cool. Yeah, and it's great to listen to the new stuff. I mean, I was just listening to uh, the new single. I think it's Time to Waste. No Time to Waste. Yeah, No Time to Waste. Exactly. And, um, listening the hell out of it at 10 and it's, it's, it's great. I've got a couple it, questions it, for you when we get it, to it. Yeah, I just want to say that's cool, man, that you actually are a thrasher and stuff. You know, because uh, like you got Kiss in the background, and that's the first band that got me into music. Like I, the first time I ever got was Rock and Roll Over. Right. And actually, it's literally Ace Fraley that made me want to be in a band, even though, you know, it's, it's weird, even though I never ended up playing guitar, but I, I don't know if you can see, well, you can't <laughs> see over here, but there, there's a, a Sunburst Les Paul that I bought like right in the mid seventies, a right. Memphis, not a, a copy Les Paul. And, uh, and it just reminds me of Ace every time when I was a little kid, you get the feeling like when you first got it, you know, and why you got into music, because oh, yeah. you know, the older you get, you tend to forget what the reason you were in yeah. stuff for. So my mom, I'm I'm probably a little different than you. My mom would let me pick up the, those albums early on. The first one I got was from Kiss as well, but it was Dynasty, which wasn't even their heaviest, but it was enough to draw me in. Oh wow! No, no, my mom. You know, my mom and dad are from Greece. They came here in their 30s. I, I came to the United States to Chicago when I was nine months old. So uh, they just listen to Greek music. But for some reason, my mom actually wanted to take us to our first concerts. So my mom uh, and dad took us to Queen in 1980, nice. the game tour. Yeah. And then our real Speedwagon High Fidelity tour in 81. Wow. But I, I keep thinking in my head, like, I didn't, I remember, especially, I don't know, I just, just didn't want to be seen with them, you know, with your parents at that time. And I was, like, trying to distance myself. And I, I'm looking back, me and my brother, were, I was, like, 11 or 12, and he was uh, eight, uh, nine. Right. When we were tiny little kids. We looked like babies. I seen some photos recently, and I go, man, I'd hate to be the parent because, like, we literally were ignoring him. But the funny thing is, the third concert and on, which was I think Ozzy Osbourne, uh, you know, with Randy Rose, Def Leppard, right. and I thought uh, they never went back with us to a concert ever again. And my mom's <laughs> always been asking. Nice. And, and the, the the funny the, this is the only thing I'm gonna say because it's so funny. Both concerts, I was on edge because I wanted them to take us there to think it's safe because that's there's nothing. It was like five years. I wanted to go to the Dynasty tour, and the night it came to Chicago, they, I thought we were going to go. My parents said they changed their mind, yeah. and I remember like literally burying my face in the sofa in the living room and, right. and cry or whatever for like three four hours. I didn't look up because I was that depressed. And so they take us to the Queen, and then right behind us. I noticed, I turned around, I didn't even know what it was. I noticed some guys snorting some white dust off of with a dollar bill, you know, right. like right in the open. I go, my God, they're doing some kind of, they're snorting drugs in their nose. So I was so paranoid. My mom and dad see that. They go, no, we're not going to lie. And then right. the next show, REO, we were sitting in the row and it was a long row, you know, on the balcony. And all of a sudden I see people smoking a joint and I seen in our row, it was coming closer to us, closer to us, closer to us. And then it got so close and it got to the next person. They tapped me on the shoulder and they were, were trying to give it to me to smoke it. I was a little kid, you know. Right. And they, if they seen that, I covered my back. We, you know, it would have been hard. Would have been it, right? Yeah, yeah, it was like so. It was kind of a terrifying situation, you know. And and I picked those bands too because I thought they'd be because I wanted to go to metal bands. But I, go, I thought it'd be too crazy. They go, don't let us go, you know. So those were more, you know, come on, Queen and other bands of dust. I mean, right. it wasn't like anything insane. Hey, can I ask you, uh, you said Dynasty. So after Dynasty, where did you go? What was the next album you got from Kiss? Uh, 
I don't know. I think I may have gone back to like the originals. Did you ever see that one? It's the three. Oh, that's the only one I don't have. That's funny you mentioned it. it was the three albums packaged as one. And for some reason, I never could find it when I wanted to get it. And, and then definitely cool. alive too. Yeah, because I went from rock and roll over, and then I think to uh, alive uh, two, and then amazing, double platinum. Right? Yeah, a lot. Yep, and double platinum, right? But alive two still stands out as one of my favorites. Well, alive too, man. Look at the cover. Look how amazing. I mean, the cover is so brilliant too. You know, even like you know the pictures are small. I mean, the whole packaging was just you yeah. were blown away. It was like, it, oh my god! I remember in my room I had the gigantic six foot posters, and uh, my room yeah. was all kissed. And yeah. then one year, you know, I did something. Well, my dad obviously, got mine still is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I had the best posters, man. We got pictures. Thank God. I'll, 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 to, you know, I'll put it on the favor or whatever. I'll send it to you. Can you see what I mean? Because I got documented the whole wall from 1979. It was six foot posters, and all the others were the, you know, the normal size. And I guess I did something. My dad got mad and he ripped them all down. Oh, all the, all the solo album posters that connected all of them. Yeah. Were right there. He just he cut them up all up. Oh, you know, that's, yeah. I don't know what I did though. I can't remember what the thing was, but you know, I was a little kid and I was kind of like, you know, I like doing, you know, whatever. I was a city kid running around. Oh, yeah. So how does it feel being, I know I'm all over the place, but how does it feel being in uh in this game for 45 years, 46 years? It feels like, see, it's, we're, we're such a strange, um, not a strange band, a strange uh, history that we didn't never really operate. Like almost like, it's weird that I'm going to say this. You know how Van Halen, uh, like Alex Van Halen's never done interviews, no sponsor, uh, right. and, and you never see him out. Uh, Van Halen did, never did a live album until recently, you know, with right. David Lee Roth. They, they never followed the route like greatest hits back then. They didn't have, it was way later. So they weren't doing the routine things that all the bands were doing. And not to compare, you know, but I mean, in a weird way, we operated in a weird way in the underground, you know, because we came out in 85. 1985 and the main reason i really really formed this band is because i heard kill them all uh yeah right. well fast as a shark and then kill them all and then i loved hit the lights metal militia what was right. the other one that was exodus but, at the time too right wasn't exodus right it, but yeah but it took it another year exodus came out in 85 Okay. Well, came out in '83, and then, uh, and I go, man. Even and then Slayer, and then Show No Mercy, the first one. I go Slayer. I go, man. At that point, they had way too much classic heavy metal influence in their music. You can tell they used to do Priest yes. covers, and With so the reverb. It, yeah, it's not until Hello Waits, and then the EP where they started becoming this new genre that was forming, and then Metallica. I felt like I go, man. Kill Em All is a great album. The the riff so fast, you know the. Uh, the, the the beat and everything you know and the, and the guitar rhythms right. but i go why couldn't the whole album be like that i go why couldn't it all be hit the lights because you know how you are when you're like oh yeah a teenager and something and and the, the point i'm trying to make is we got so lucky that we entered into the music world with a band that we formed and it just so happened that it was the beginning of a brand new genre so it, it just put us in another level because i remember Guys, two years older, all my friends from high school, they were all in the, it took them a while. They were all priest, UFO, Iron Maiden fans. Yeah. And when we formed our band, I remember for two years, people were going, hey, man, you guys play that noise. Nobody's going to keep listening to that forever. Like right. Slayer and you guys, you know, little they know it take over. You know what I mean? Right. And play Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Those bands became like, think about it. Those bands took over where they became, yeah, Slayer, legendary. Metallica is probably right. the biggest band in the world. And, it, I mean, the, you know, it, it it was like a fresh road. It was like 
you were doing, man, the feeling was just amazing. I'm so glad it wasn't, it yeah. wasn't like something that we even dream of. I thought I was going to be going to play heavy metal, but I, right. it's just those albums. And oh yeah. And the vocals of Hetfield at the time, you know, you're, you're used to come on everything before it was Bruce Dickinson, Rob right. Halford, right. Freddie right. Mercury. So I go, man, you know what? And this, I could easily do the vocals and lyrics. I always wrote and stuff. Like I said, I didn't play guitar. So I, right. I didn't, I would never be a, it's just not my pride. If thrash and the underground ever came along, I would never ever play in a band. I mean, it's just because I'm I'm not the kind of guy that wants to, you know, wearing stage clothes and go out there. Like if you see Aftermath from the beginning, we're like dressed like thrashers from day one. There's no, right. like, you know how Pantera, you know, had the glam years and the oh yeah, band. and then they switched, right? Yeah, we we were thrashed from the moment we formed October 31st, 1985, and then we released this demo called Killing the Future. And it just got real popular in the underground. It, it was what I wanted. It was almost like uh, rain and blood, you know, like from beginning right. to end, nonstop speed. And then uh, the European press really got into it, especially Metal Forces. And they picked us as one of the top. The, they put a vinyl for the first time on. It was right. a big deal. And uh, they put us on there on uh, four other bands. And then uh, we released another demo, Words of Echo Fear, after that. And it's funny because that was 86. 86 87 our killing the future was super 100 percent all thrash metal you know mosh parts and, right. and and there was no name for uh the genre yet so we were calling it thrash core when we were writing our little bios ourselves and then it became crossover in 88 is officially uh the mix of metal and punk rock you know like dri and all that at that point dri was still considered a hardcore band and then they're all gave the uh, the genre of the name, you know, crossover, but that came out in 88. And by then, out of nowhere, after we finished the Killing Future demo, we were getting mail from all over the world. I mean, we actually got a huge following as a crossover band. I was already out of the crossover thing in my mind. I wanted to play thrash now, the, the new style that we we're right. doing, but bringing Pink Floyd and more art trippy and musical things to it. That's what the second demo was. So we literally, and, and if you look at reviews from Kerrang, Metal Forces, yeah. Metal Hammer, uh, they all say they're, they sent us the first demo it was a million miles an hour. This is totally slow, all progressive and jazz thrash or whatever it is progressive. So that was the beginning of kind of a new genre. It was technical progressive thrash from crossover, you know? Right. right. And then uh, to end the story, we released one album, Eyes of Tomorrow. It was written in 88, 89. Uh, uh, no, 89, 90. It should have been out by 91 or late 90 because mm -hmm. we got signed to Big Chief Records after Roadrunner. We were almost going to sign with Roadrunner, but then we went with Big Chief and they had uh, Warner Brothers Metal Blade Distribution. But right. then while, while we went in the studio, they gave us like the deposit to go in and then they were going to give the rest of the money when the album was done. And guess what? They went, the, the label went bankrupt. They signed Dead Horse and a bunch of other bands, spent a lot of money. And we're, by the time we were in the mixing stages, they had no money. They were gone. So it took us almost four years to pay it off because we didn't, you know, we're young. We didn't have any jobs. Right. And then it came out, our debut album, 1994, on this label called Thermometer. It's been re-released now like six, seven times, our debut, wow. you know. The last one was from Shadow Kingdom. They, it's remastered and vinyl came out in uh, 2014 or whatever. But anyways, uh, so that album, uh, we didn't tour with it. We didn't do nothing. We put it out. And basically by 96, because it came out in 94, 96, we were, the band was already broken up. And 
it's such see it gets crazier because then I decide all the guys from the band stayed together, but and we added a we made a band that we signed at Interscope Records called Mother God Movie Star. So it was almost like the music changed again so much from the Eyes of Tomorrow debut album that it didn't it wasn't aftermath anymore, but it was all of us. It was me. So we had to change the name, right? Yeah. So it was an in Interscope. We did a U.S. tour. Uh, what year? They came out in 1998. And then we broke up after two years. And then Aftermath uh, and everything, all of us were broken up totally from 19, really 96 Aftermath till, till 2015. Wow. Yeah. So, so we were gone like, what? Math I can't do off the top of my head. We were like 20 years or something yeah. like that. And then, uh, well, we sued Dr. Dre too at that time, towards the end when when Aftermath broke up. That's another reason why I kind of wanted another name for the musical so different. And plus, I didn't want to use the name because believe it or not, we had a trademark. Right. We went to court. Three days, Pete Paterno was Dr. Dre's lawyer, you know, Metallica's lawyer. He came, they had a, it was crazy, a real lawsuit. It became a trademark uh, case now where people study for trademark law. Right. And uh, I paid for a trademark, bro. The, 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 the court case, the decision was, oh, you both could use it, you know, Really? They're, they're rapid, they're metal. And there was a year in 98 was when Limp Bizkit and all that shit was starting to come out or night, right. you know, mid 90s. And I'm thinking, what do you mean we, you could use it? So Led Zeppelin rap, and there could be a Led Zeppelin rap. I mean, we have a trademark. What's the point of giving a trademark? And then the, that's, that's, that's another reason. Yeah, right? Oh, man. All right. So I got to ask you um, listening to the single, No Time to Waste. The scumbags are in control. Who are the scumbags? Man, that's a good question. Because everybody's asked me about that. Believe it or not, even friends. People thought some guy was asking me the other day at work where he heard it. He goes, hey, man, the beginning of song, what do you say? He didn't even know what I said. He goes, he didn't know it was me. He goes, is that from a movie? I think it's from a movie. I go, no, I said that. I go, no. And a bunch of people asked about that, but nobody asked. Who are nobody they? asked it the way I did? No, nobody asked who they are. That's what I would ask. Like, yeah. if I heard that, i go, hey, man, who are the scumbags? <laughs> yeah, I don't care what the origin of it. Who are the scumbags? Yeah, exactly. The right questions. That I, feel, I feel that's the question you should get for that. Um, well, the scumbags. All right. See, I don't want to get, like, too deep here about the meme, but the scumbags are the people that truly control the 99%, the ones that control the world. I mean, and they're easy to find. It's obvious once you realize who they are, because... Believe it or not, a lot of people don't even know the Federal Reserve isn't uh, a part of the government. It's literally a private-owned thing. You know, it's by six families, you know? Oh, I had no idea either. Yeah, a lot of people, man. And uh, and the joke is it's not federal and there's no reserve. And believe it or not, there's, <laughs> there's great books written on that. Like the, the Monster from Jekyll Island is a good book about the history of the Federal Reserve and uh, exactly how it started. They literally went down to Jekyll Island, you know, down by South, by Florida, or whatever, wherever mm-hmm. state is it. And uh, they, they call themselves, because the rich people like Chase Manhattan, you know, or the Rothschild, back right. then when they traveled in the early 20s, or back then in those years, they didn't want their names in the newspaper, because if they went down there, they'd be reported because they were famous. So they went down there anonymously as the known oh, really? name club. Yeah, and they went down there supposedly to hunt because they were buddies going to hunting. And the local newspaper, you could see actually the articles from the 1920s. It goes, hey, the weird, you know, written in the newspaper, it's strange that these men of wealth are down here right now supposedly hunting 
for whatever animal they were hunting. They said, but the guns that they've seen and then the photos, yeah, you could you don't hunt with those guns. So they, they didn't know anything about hunting about the wrong guns they were talking about in the newspaper. So they were suspicious why they're there. Yeah. So it was late November. So they wrote up a bill and they made it crazy where they basically took over our money. You know what I mean? They took it away from uh they it was from uh the the treasury, you know, from the government right. to the people. They, they, they created a thing called that's that they created the debt thing, the debt uh, whole part of it. Because the money they make, it's called fiat, you know, paper money. Because there's no backing; it's not gold. You know, the gold was gone years ago. There's no gold anywhere. It's just paper. They, and they got the presses and they print them. You know, think about it. It's literally paper. They, it's a note, but it's really fiat cash. Fiat means it's got no back. Which okay. basically the whole the whole thing is. See, man, you know, the whole thing, man, the Federal Reserve is a Ponzi scheme. It's it's a, it's a in between us now. They print the money when they have no reason. Nobody gave them the authority. They just took it upon themselves, and they charge us debt. So they're Crazy. the scumbags. Yeah, they trade. They started the uh, the once a year, the income tax. That was illegal before. They had a fight to get that in. But I'm telling you, if you're into, like, finding our true history and this story jack is amazing there's documentaries on it now you know you know people more people are aware they're you know not like everybody you know right. believe me most people answer like you but it's getting out there now you know the, uh, the awakening about that so those families they're also affiliated with the three city states and that's why they do everything like when you when i was a kid i would go to church and i'd see these black gowns the priests and they wanted their hands kissed like they're some important dudes. And I told my mom when I was okay, I go, I'm not going to communion. I'm not going to church anymore. I, I think these people are weird. First of all, why would God want, man, sorry about it. Why would God want them to wear dark evil gowns? And why, God, God didn't come down and go, hey, you are a pope or a bishop. I go, they're, they're idiots. And then, and then I'm looking at America, how they would always have this great relationship, the Vatican. Lower London and District of Columbia, because those are the only three city states. And I go, why do they all have the same symbolism? So I, even on Killing the Future back then with the afternoon, like a song like Chaos and Meltdown, Meltdown was questioning the poisoning in the sky back in 1987. I wrote that song, you know? Oh, really? And, uh, and man, man, it's see, I guess I was always curious, like, that always I, I didn't get the connection why they all like the queen and her gowns why do they do everything in rituals why do the court have uh the gowns and the judges why the birth certificate all that stuff but i know i know all that shit now you know and right. uh questioning all those years is funny because i was like Man, why did they do that so i was always like why why does that happen or like why was marijuana illegal and liquor was legal I knew yeah. if we drank whiskey, me and my buddies in the car at 18, we who knows we would do crazy shit. If when we all smoked a joint, we'd, we we were calm and cool. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. And the thing behind us is weird. See, the, the thing behind us is is an upside down cross. I took that photo, and you see the face in the middle. Uh huh. It looks like a skull. That's 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 a chemtrail, you know. And those. I mean, I don't know if you don't know about the Federal Reserve. Like, usually when people go, hey, those things in the sky, nobody pays attention. Those are chemtrails. And when they question the official, uh, you know, the government or officials, they never existed ever. No, no, those are there's no such thing. And oh, yeah. Years ago, yeah. And two years ago, they announced it. No, they, they're there. Uh, Harvard's been working on it because we're the global warming and we need to cool the sun. So, yeah, no, those are chemtrails. We're blocking the sun. 
And that's what they do. With chemicals, they block the sun. It's all a loop. And I'm, I'm getting to the point why I brought this oh, up that's right fine. now. Because the chemtrails, they're, it's aluminum in there. I mean, if you want to find out what it is and you're into the science and all the terminology. I'm always into that kind of stuff. Huh? I'm always interested in that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know how easy it is to find out when you know this is fact? Like when you see them spray. There's people that are in scientists, good ones that aren't corrupted, and they take samples from the ground and the trees, and right away they know what's in it. You know what's what fell down on the thing, you know. And uh, it goes deep, man. It's all it's all like uh, aluminum does shit, shit to your brain. Where the older generation are getting Alzheimer's, and it never was natural. Like it seems like every person that's old now, old man, they don't have their brain anymore. They're all like, oh, what? you know, like, you know, and I remember back in the day, man, in the 70s, we used to go to Europe on trips and there were 90 year old men and stuff and they would tell us stuff and they're sharp as, you know, they had the knowledge. So right. it's, it's, it's depopulation. It's all that stuff going on. Um, I could t- totally tell you this as a fact, everything you've been taught. Uh, not you all of us through school right. uh, it's all it's all a lie all a lie and you might think that's crazy but i you'll never just have the longer we live every year everything everything comes out slowly everything's coming out. like on the last album there is something wrong our second album that we put out in 2015 it's mm-hmm. a concept record about detailed about who controls the world uh, this and it gives solutions it, it says the problem why they're happening and the solutions and the funny thing is, I love Pink Floyd, and I recently found out that uh, Animals from Pink Floyd is the same concept album about who runs the world. That's why they have pigs, dogs. The pigs are the police. The dogs are the pigs, uh, the politicians, you know, they, and uh, the sheep are the people. And I go, wow, all these years I listened to that, and I, was, and I just found out that that's a concept record like our concept record is, you know. Right. It's literally... And there's one song called Suicide, Suicide. And uh, I, li- I mentioned 33 conspiracies in, there, in the song, in the lyrics, that always were denied, that they don't exist. There's no such thing. But now they're open. These are like Tuskegee syphilis study, right. where up in Wisconsin, they were poisoning for 40 decades all the black population there for the men because they were seeing how they die. And this is a fact. You could. Google it right now. I'll tell you about Google what it is. I mean, think about 40 years of CIA's up there poisoning people, making them think they're doing good when they're actually touching them. Let's let's fill them up with this disease. How long this takes for it to go? And right. overall, I think they uh, 10,000 or 1,000, I think, or 10,000 uh, deaths because of that up there, you know, in Wisconsin. And um, it's just uh, all right. Um, do you know what Bohemian Grove is? No. Like once a year, I'm just going to give you a little tip if you want to go and uh, yeah, that's fine. We have about four minutes left, and it's going to oh, keep okay. me out of the Zoom. So go ahead with that. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, it's, uh, once a year, all the elite men meet in the woods in uh, San Francisco, and they have ceremony for ten days there on the woods. All the elite, all the politicians, and they wear gowns. They worship uh, the first thing, uh, Horus, the Egyptian devil. You know, Horus was the, right. the, the devil. That's a uh, uh, effigy on stage. And the first the opening is the cremation of care. So think about it. They're all in the woods with black gowns, satanic looking gowns. And Horus, the fucking devil from right. the old days. What's the name of thing. that festival? Not... Huh? What's the name of that? Bohemian what? Bohemian Grove. Grove. I have to look it up. 
Yeah. Yeah. And the reason I'm telling you that, because you said you're into this stuff, those are cool things, man. You'll go into the rabbit hole. And you're gonna, man, I, I didn't go into looking. You're going to start going, man, do they ever, ever give the official word you know, from the right. through the media? Ever? Are they right? It's, it's all full of holes. It's just silliness. You'd have to be crazy to believe there is shit, you know? I 100% agree with you. So before we go, can you uh, tell the fans, anybody who's made it this far, where, where they can find you and uh, drop your links and that sort of thing? Oh, like uh, the band? Well, all yeah. the social sites like Facebook, Twitter, whatever. And um, that where, you know, we check that all the time, you know, especially uh, Facebook. I, I check that myself. And uh, you can find all the stuff that the news is happening there right away, you know. But otherwise, the music. The albums will be everywhere, like Spotify, Apple Music. They're they're all on. They're all all. Uh, this is going to be our third album, and uh, the first two are easily available there too. You know, and right. um, and uh, it's coming out in January. No time to waste. It's ten songs, one cover song. John Lennon's "Give Peace a Chance." You know, nice. The only cover we've ever done, and and it's got that a perfect amount of length it was you know how the back in the 70s you know all the albums were about a half hour 40 yeah minutes 37 minutes or something right yeah 10 songs like all of them like from aerosmith to van halen a black sabbath to ACDs. it's 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 got that so it and i'm not kidding around i'm saying this for real i don't really hype up my own stuff i feel weird about it but once it's over you just want more it it actually gives you the feeling like i got from the album back then man i wish it was longer right more you know so it's good and the production is really good it's just all powerful like no time to waste isn't even the heaviest song on there you know what i mean awesome yeah i 100 agree but listen before we go because we're i just got the notice i got two minutes now hey i love um, your show though man I, i'm thank so you i appreciate that i work yeah, hard right now i'm so i'm not even kidding you got so many interviews that i want to hear it's going to keep me busy at work when i put on uh, earbuds yeah. i work at ups and we try and keep and the conversations uh different so that's good no, there was something cool about it. Yeah, I mean, it was cool. And I I seen the Tommy Vex one, too. You guys were talking politics. A what a bit, great you know? guy. You know, he seemed like a nice guy. He didn't want to argue. He, was, he, he wasn't he was confrontational with his opinion. No, you know, I thought he, it went really well. I was I went into that with a whole different assumption, and it turned out really good. Yeah, and I think he was surprised by you guys, too. He goes, see how cool it is, man? We could sit here, have different opinions. And, and reach talk. across the aisle, right. That's yeah. the way the world should be. Yeah, and sorry I keep missing here because I'm holding the phone. I'm used to like holding the phone, and uh, you know I had everything set up over there. But I'm I, I'm kind of glad that uh, that photos in the background coincide. I, I had no <laughs> idea what he's doing. Hey man, was, I'm really glad meeting you, man. Yeah, and nice meeting you. And if we do, hopefully we'll meet in person. Day and I'd be one Yep. Good luck with the single and the record, and I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to make sure you get everything, t-shirt, whatever, from the management. I appreciate. it. Thank you so right much, on, brother. Take right care, on, man. Be well. Thank you. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King, an off-road minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.